0: Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. Today, David Morrison and I discuss uh, this idea of the Abrahamic religions um, using fire or the idea of fire for transformation, as well as how they all embrace a light as part of the divine. But before we get into that, thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob Nedia, at Monk Drums, that's what you hear in the background. If you wanna learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. Uh, drcrpod.com is a place to go for past episodes. Uh, If you wanna get a copy of David's book, Desolate Beauty, The Book of Light and Shadow, please check check out dreamwalkerway.com. You can also get a Kindle version. And at the time of release for this episode, it should be available as an audiobook on Audible. You can also find an American Sign Language Translation on YouTube. Just search Dreamwalker Way. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from The Verge. David Morrison. Hola, sir. How are you? Wyatt, I am caffeinated. We are, the world is currently on fire. Everything is burning down, and we suspect that's a good thing. (laughs) Um, Transformation comes, great transformation comes through chaos and fire and that's and true. burning. And so we decided to bring that to the table today and sort of a, um. You, you could elaborate on it, but basically the three Abrahamic traditions recognizing the importance of fire in transformation. So maybe that I think that'll, I'll pass it to you to, to elaborate on that and we'll, we'll see where the conversation goes.
1: Yeah. So Got a quote here from uh, Marabi Starr. She's one of the teachers at the uh, uh, Center for Action and Contemplation in Albuquerque, New Mexico, just up the road. Well, a little ways up the road, three and a half hours.
0: Just up around the, the corner, north. Well, for New Mexico, that's that's just up the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for the people f- on the East Coast, not so much, but us uh, Westerners
1: up in the five seven five. No, they're up oh the, no, they're, they're up in the, in the, the 0505. 0505. We're the 575.
0: <laughs> Never mind. They stole it from us. I'm not
1: as caffeinated as I thought. So yeah, so Marabi Star uh, wrote an essay called "Lighting the Darkness" uh, it, uh, on the International Observer, which is a digital magazine. And you want me to just read it? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we've talked about this, but I know we've talked about it in our group settings. Mm-hmm. But earlier this summer.
0: Well, and if we have talked about it on here, people are getting what they pay for. Yeah, (laughs) as as usual.
1: (laughs) It bears repeating. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. So here she says. uh, She writes at the mystical heart of each of the Abrahamic faiths. That would be, uh, you know, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, which was, you know, probably be apropos for today's world. Yeah, for the. To the last awesome.
0: month of, of chaos yeah. and destruction more so, so or at so, least highlighted more so. Yeah,
1: so yeah, at the mystical heart of each of the Abrahamic faiths lie teachings about the transformational power of fire and the identification of the Holy One with light. In Judaism, the Shekinah, the indwelling feminine presence of God, took the form of a pillar of fire at night to lead the Israelites through the desert. In the Christian tradition, God revealed himself, sometimes as herself, to the 12th century visionary Hildegard of Bingen as the living light. In the non-canonical gospel of Thomas, Christ says that he is the light that is above them all. In Sufi teaching, the highest spiritual state is fauna, F-A-N-A, fauna, the annihilation of the separate self in the fire of divine love so that lover and beloved become one love. May we let ourselves down into the arms of fire and allow it to melt the armor of our hearts, the excruciating fire of our loneliness and our fear of intimacy, the sweet fire of our longing for union with the beloved, the purifying fire of radical unknowingness, which all the great mystics assure us is the beginning of knowing God.
0: And what what about that was jumped out to you so profoundly when you first read it?
1: Well, it definitely was a uh, had a recalling effect on me, a recollection of my own beginnings uh, at the age of twelve, of a vision of the the sacred burning mm-hmm. heart of Christ, and how fire has been uh, transformational for me. It's been a theme in my life, you know. So then at the age of seven, I fell into a campfire, uh, burned. It got severely burned. Um, and, uh, so that was kind of on my right arm, especially was, was burned. You know, me and my brothers were horse assing around the campfire (laughs) in the Gila wilderness (laughs) at Lake Roberts. Uh, and, and so, yeah, my, my arm fell onto the grill so I had these, these, uh, grill marks on my arm for about a decade after that. And then my dad, uh, stuck my arm in the, in the cooling waters mm-hmm. of Lake Roberts. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was kind of a, uh, to me, I see that looking back. I didn't know that then. Right. It was a terrifying experience. Of course. Uh, painful experience, obviously. Um, but looking back, it was a transformational. I was baptized in fire at the age mm-hmm. of seven. It was a rite of passage in in a lot of ways. So, and, and you know, and it's interesting that it was my foolishness, being a kid, just you know, messing around and then tripping over a log. Uh, so that's kind of you know, very much uh, the the way spirituality works. We stumble foolishly forward, not knowing what we're getting into. And, uh, and the, well,
0: I mean, not, yeah, just the spiritual walk. Yeah. In general, exactly. you know what I mean?
1: It's, they should call it the spiritual stumble. The, <laughs> the black the walk.
0: One of the greatest, I don't can, should I say that? Yeah. No, well, I'll say I, I used to be part of a group called Blackout Stumblers. It's the greatest <laughs> okay. fucking name ever. Anyways. Yeah. That
1: sounds like a <laughs> blues band.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's what you're going into. You know what I mean? If, yeah. If you're looking exactly. for real real transformation, real, and you don't even know you're walking into, into the fire. right? right?
1: And so, yeah. And then, you know, uh, again, when I was in college, our house burned down and that was a transformational experience. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, and, everything but your room. Yeah. We've talked, well, I mean, we've already covered that on yeah, the podcast. So that happened. And
1: then we, and then I think we just talked, I think on the last podcast about a, a fire or a plasma or something mm, over two, our yeah, house. Two,
0: well, by the time this one comes out, it'll be about a month removed. Yeah, so, so three or four ago.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty. So yeah, so it's a theme in my, in my in my life um, that inner transformational fire. Um, you know, and I and I I would s- suggest that individuals connect differently to, to, you know, the spiritual elements, if you will. So Mm -hmm. some are more like water, some are more like wind, um, you know, that kind of thing. So more more, solid earth, you know,
0: different, different seasons. Right. And that too. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's one of the big things. Well, I mean, I think that's so globally, that's what we're going through right now is the fire, right? Right, Great transformation, great changes. Um, some, you know, it's probably been the last five years for sure, but, incredible global changes on the horizon. Right. You know what I mean? There's no no doubt about that with um escalating wars in different parts of the world, um the uh economic system not seeming to be sustainable yeah. um, and um and then just people's unrest in general, right? Like right. um and and you know those things are always going on, but it seems as though it's yeah. uh, not magnified, but, uh, sort of built each one is building on it on the other, right. you know what I mean? And, and for some people, um, when you read that quote, uh, that, uh, word Shekinah, okay, we, yeah. we covered that, um, in a, in a future or a past podcast, episode one fourteen, uh-huh. chimes of the spirit. So if you're interested in, uh-huh. in sort of that idea and, and, um, the, the context of that conversation was, um building off the word of understanding and the etymology around that. So, Interesting. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, so to, you know, bring it back to sort of this, this idea of the Abrahamic religions embracing this idea of, of transformation through fire. Um, yeah. The divine showing itself in, in, in light. Um, how do you see that or, and maybe it's two different questions. Maybe we'll look at the fire side of it first, but sort of how do you see that in your spiritual walk today? You know what I mean? How how is that? How have you embraced that over the last, you know, whatever year, months of um, the symbol of fire in your life?
1: Yeah, I would think it's more of an underground fire for me these days. In the mm. past, it would have been, linked more to enthusiasm and a, mm. and, uh, a static mm-hmm. kinds of experience. Um, but now it's kind of a, a low burn, mm. if you will.
0: Low, uh, slow burn. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh,
1: you know, uh, yeah, so. And what kinda,
0: what do you think caused that change for you? Uh, so it might, it might be age. Mm. Uh, so it wasn't necessarily a conscious. No. It, it just... I, noticing I think, it today
1: i think yeah some of it might be age some of it might be uh uh the practice of of centering prayer and contemplation because mm-hmm. you're you're taught to like, i think we talked about this you're taught to ignore ecstatic feelings and mm-hmm. those kinds of things and so i've trained myself not sort intentionally just kind of trained, it out it out of trained me yeah. accidentally again we stumble mm-hmm. forward of um I'm not chasing every breaking wave as mm-hmm. the song by U2 said that they forced on people on God iPhones damn, <laughs> Those memes are
0: the best I saw one it it was the meme of the like the granddaughter meeting her grandma Okay and it said you know hey I'm your granddaughter and then underneath it was a a guy like pissed off with a gun and Steve Jobs says <laughs> you beat Steve Jobs in hell and the quote is, why did you put that terrible U two <laughs> album on my Which iPhone? I like the album.
1: I'll always be a U two fan. I don't care. I'll always be a Beatles fan. I don't care.
0: Why well, I, I didn't even listen to it. <laughs> that's that's how much I was. I thought I thought if you this. plugged
1: it in your car, it automatically played that if that was oh, the only luck- thing on your yeah
0: luckily that was so never the people case for were really me I was really angry Yeah, had... talk
1: about uh transformational power <laughs> i mean fire and destruction <laughs> everybody acted like it was the end of the world cuz yeah. they got a free album <laughs> um
0: so then going to the the second half of that of of this idea of light and the divine showing itself through light um and everyone's bitching now again because of daylight savings time. So light has been on everybody's yeah. <laughs> Instagram this week, but um, for you personally, how is that, that idea of light or the divine showing itself in light? What that, is that, you know, in 2023, what, what does that yeah. look like or mean to you?
1: I kind of have a troubled relationship with it. I think mm. kind of conflicted about it because <clears throat> I think we did a, an episode on Barbara Brown Taylor. Mm-hmm and learning to walk in the dark mm. and the virtues of, of, mm-hmm. you know, the night and that kind of thing. And, and so that's been more re- uh, resonant with me than, than this idea. And so I, so I kind of think of, I, I have a hard time disconnecting it from the evangelical, uh, weaponizing of light. Mm. You, know, you know, we, we're the children of the light. Mm-hmm. They're evil. We happen to be Republicans. They're the evil people are Democrats. And, uh, and so, uh, and they've politicized it and weaponized it. Uh, everyone else is in darkness except for them, and they're the only ones who are enlightened. And um, and so, so it's a complicated relationship. Because mm. uh, I used to think that way. In,
0: in yeah, yeah, you were ways. you were in the middle of that at one point yeah, in your life exactly. for sure. So, uh, and just so people know uh, that Barbara Brown Taylor episode was uh, seventy back in September of last year that we did. Yeah. Had that conversation around around her and her impact on on um
1: Yeah, and it and it definitely has a paradox to it because if it says, you know, uh people responded, you know, to that book by saying, you know, well, God is light and there is no darkness in God, you know, there's a scripture mm. in First John and and so how dare you, you know, that kind of thing. And um and so it's interesting that that the the paradox of light, if you were in in uh snow, you know, uh, like the Arctic or someplace mm-hmm. like that, and the sun came out, you would be blinded by mm. the light, so to speak. And, for sure. And I and I think if there was a title for institutional religion throughout the ages, particularly Christianity, uh, it would be titled blinded by the light, I mm. think. And And so we're so right. I'm so assured of my own righteousness and my own right positions on things that they can't see anything else. Which you know, and is,
0: blind. like you said, that's just institutional religion. Yeah, that's, you know Jesus what I mean.
1: Teaching with against the leaders of his
0: day. Yeah, that's yeah. what causes people to to create suicide bombs. It's what yeah, causes people yeah. to go to extreme political views. It's yeah. what causes people to um this assuredness that my position is not only the right position yeah. but also the only position. Yeah, um, it will so make the, you do a lot of crazy stuff yeah and it,
1: and it specifically is at this time in history is are the abrahamic children you know you have christianity in russia uh, you basically have uh putin trying to establish a christian nationalist mm. uh empire again uh with the greek orthodox and then you have uh in in america you have christian the, the speaker of the house of this country is a uh is a christian nationalist mm. you know and uh and so it's dangerous stuff. And then, of course, what you see in Israel and Gaza right now. You know? Yeah. And so,
0: yeah. yeah, Children, no, no, yeah. One, no one's off the hook about it, for sure. Yeah, if anybody needs that
1: Abrahamic transformational power of fire from within, it's us. You know?
0: It's, it's the, the three. Yeah, it's the three. It's the three. Abrahamic religions need to look look in that direction, for yeah. sure. Because it, it seems as though they're operating in darkness, for sure. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah, and, when you kill people. For and you're legitimizing... Their actions through their religion, yeah. right? Like it. Well, it, it goes back to. um, Actually, shout out to our buddy Randy Harris. Oh yeah, I, I crossed paths with him a couple of days ago, but we were talking about some of the. He's reading one of the new, or no, it's it's not a Jonathan Haidt book. It's uh, one of his co-authors from a different book. Mm. Didn't did a new? I think they were co-authors in the Coddling of the American Mind. And the co-author from that one has released one called Canceling of the American Mind, mm. if I remember correctly. But anyways, we were talking about about Jonathan Haidt and uh, his book about, um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Yeah, but, the,
1: the Righteous Mind. Yeah, where well, we
0: make up our mind first and then yeah. we, we quote unquote, make logical reasons of how we got After. there. Yeah, um, But really, we've just decided that, you know, or in this case, the decision to kill people has already made, to, yeah. it was already yeah. made and... Will, yeah. will, uh, and it's know, not a rational decision, it. right? Most hate yeah, is yeah, not yeah, rational, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Because we, so. we, we make as human beings, we make decisions off of emotion, yeah, and pretend as though they're rational, exactly. Um,
1: and so, yeah, so it's a, it's a troubled relationship with light. This idea of light, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, I guess I, w- I would see it as the desire for understanding of the mystery uh not not that you can rationally understand the mystery I'm talking about uh I think we did in that same mm-hmm. podcast, standing under it in submission to it, uh, beholding it mm-hmm. and it beholds you uh that kind of thing the, I really like the Sufi vision of that the of marabi mm-hmm. Star, what she wrote there, which is it's it's the fauna the the burning away of the illusion of my separateness mm. with with God and and therefore with everyone and everything else. That's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, and the Sufi tradition celebrates the ecstatic, uh, mm-hmm. joyful. For sure. Um, you know, to the point where it's like, okay, enough. Yeah, <laughs> calm, calm down, Rumi. Cool your jets, Rumi. Chill out, dude. <laughs> Hafiz, yeah, I mean, you've got to calm down.
0: I mean, that is, yeah, that is a good point about, you know, because they they've, Definitely embrace dance. Right. You know what I mean? And and movement in, in that way to get to or maybe not get to this place, but to accompany them in this place yeah. of of joy and love and, and celebration of the divine. Yeah. Um, that um is definitely I mean, from my perspective, it's definitely an important thing. Yeah. This idea of moving the body and celebrating the body in such a way, um, because we you know we are made in the likeness of god right yeah. we are made in that that divine spirit that um uh yeah just the divine mind of the universe right that's that's exactly. how 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 everyone has come to exist yeah so then when you step back and and witness the things that are going i i think that's what's so well one we're not i mean we're not built to see gl- the global destruction day to day right like right. human right. beings are not Created for that, right, we've sort of put that upon ourselves through technology um but I think that's what makes it so globally heartbreaking too is that we know deep down in in the center of every human being, whether you want to admit it or not, seeing that stuff is so heartbreaking, even if you whichever side you agree with because that's another thing I think we yeah, we talked about on the last part. It might be two podcasts ago, but our most recent one released, we talked about that, about how it's become Super Bowl stuff, right? Mm, like yeah, yeah. picking side stuff. So, yeah. but even when you pick a side, there's a part of you deep down that knows even your side is fucking up. Yeah. Right. Like even your side, if your side is involved with killing and massacring people, which at this point both sides are. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's gone both ways. So even when you're cheer, even when as you cheer for your side, there's a part of you. It's like, fuck, this yeah. is fucked up. Um, but but we're so, once again, the righteous mind, right? We're so worried about being on yeah, the so correct convinced. team that it's, um, on a certain level, I think it's hard for people to admit that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which is okay. That's just part of, the, I think that's just part of the human experience. Yeah. And that's once again, stumbling, and then, yeah, stumbling through life. Into
1: the campfire. And so, yeah. Yeah and that's that and, and I also would see at this point light or fire being the you know the the trials of your life your mm. she mentions the loneliness your the, your sense of isolation and loneliness which is just a sense it's not real your isolation is not real it, it's a, it's an illusion but look how powerful that illusion can be you mm-hmm. know um
0: what I think too, we keep bringing up bits from old podcasts but that the podcast we did about being alone, mm. you know, but not, or yeah, alone, but not lonely. You know, this right. idea oh, yeah, yeah. of the importance of, um, not isolation, but just um, being able to be alone Yeah, is the antidote to isolation, right? Yeah. That allows you to uh, connect in community in a deeper way um, when you're not, not constantly trying to, do have to be on 24 yeah. seven you know what i mean and
1: it, and it's you know when you're going through these the fire of your own loneliness or the fire of looking back at your life you know it's it's definitely a an invitation like uh in the 12 step to, to do a moral inventory uh of yourself and you know look look at it with a flashlight so to speak mm-hmm. and um you know, and at least ask the questions. Live in those questions. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, because it's what's the, the famous quote, you know, life, not investigated isn't a life worth living, or whatever. Yeah, because um, there is something yeah, really unexamined
1: life. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Because um, there is something about living in the moment, and there's also something about some wisdom to be gained from, um, the past. Uh, not even misdeeds, right? Just the way you've. Yeah. um, Why did
1: my life turn out the way that it did? Yeah, 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 I'm asking that right now, you know, in weird ways, you know, so.
0: Well, it's, (laughs) it's one of my favorite lines (laughs) from uh, No Country for Old Men. Mm. When uh, Anton basically asks, I don't remember Woody Harrelson's character. uh, Oh, yeah. If all the decisions you made in your life got you to this moment, was it worth it? And he he can't answer it, right? Because he's about to die. So he he deflects in some way, but it, it, but it, it's such a powerful, I mean, because none of us have a gun. Well, some people (laughs) listening to this might have a gun pointed at them. Uh, I'm I'm sorry for you. However, (laughs) (laughs) for us that don't have guns literally pointed at us right this moment, um, it's an important question. Yeah. All the decisions I've made up to this moment has literally put me in front of this mic, having a conversation with you. Right. And vice versa. Um, and so, you know, how did I get here? Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Like
1: David Byrne talking heads. Uh-huh. Well, how did I get here? <laughs> or the Adam Sandler question: What the hell happened to me? Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it happened to me just the other night. Uh, if you, you know, um, I mean, this is personal, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's what people want what on the podcast, yeah, That's, what, that's right?
0: what we're here for
1: you bunch of vultures out there (laughs) sucking out my emotional energy to feed yourself. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So a couple nights ago, uh, yeah, I I woke up, I've been having heart issues for some reason. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and my heart rate was high, you know, woke up and it was, you know, from a deep sleep, waking up, and the heart rate's like at ninety. So see what like, you vultures
0: are doing? You're killing my friend David Morrison. Yeah.
1: No, it's the time change that did it. So I'm trying. Oh, to, right, yeah, right. So I'm trying to figure out, you know what damn government yeah.
0: trying to kill us.
1: And uh and so yeah, so I was lying awake and uh, you know, at three in the morning. And the weirdest things happen at that time, right? Mm-hmm. The, the coming, and so I started reflecting on uh my childhood at in the, in the Catholic church and realizing that the, uh, priest, uh, you know, I was, I was volunteering at 11, 12, 13, 14, a you know, mm-hmm. couple of years there, went to the, to the schools as well. And oh, right, right, right. Showed up to every, there was a point where I showed up to every mass to be an altar mm-hmm. server, uh, took care of the grotto, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I don't remember ever having a conversation with the priest. Was absolutely un disinterested in interesting talking to me ever yeah. or seeing me as I remember one conversation in the school. I walked between him and a teacher and they were talking and he told me to just don't walk between people. Mm. And that was, that was about it. That was the only conversation. And, uh, and so I started, yeah. Why, what was it about me that was not acceptable? Uh, to be you know, mentored or to be trained or to be even affirmed in any way, and so as I began to think through that, and then I looked him up. You know, uh, of course, right? And, yeah. Uh, and he's he's not on any list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess as a Catholic, you actually didn't want to be mentored by the priest. That was a, actually a bad sign, right, yeah. Especially when you and I were in the, the middle two, of the it. two
1: parish priests. <laughs> In my church, where, uh, yeah, they're they're not on the list. One of them is from the school. From
0: Right. I remember. I think we've the, talked about that. Yeah. The yeah. principal,
1: he's on a list, uh, which is kind of shameful and embarrassing that you put in a priest's name. And that's the first things that come up are the diocese across the country, even mm. the world, of the list of offensive, uh, you know, mm-hmm. child molesting priests, you know. Well, Very I mean, that, I mean, tragic, that's, you know.
0: Well, and they, I think it just goes to show. Well, so when you were sharing your story, it just, it made me think about, I think when you have that much immense power, then yeah, you don't notice, I think it says more about the priest that he didn't interact with you than it says about you.
1: Yeah. I mean, at three in the morning, it didn't feel that way. So Of course. I started, well, no, of yeah. course. I mean, when, it,
0: when it's on your mind and you're in the middle yeah, of it, yeah, of course not, right? Like, like we, we've all gotten there. But as just as an observer of the story, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, most of the priests I've interacted with in my life, they're, they're just too—they can't be bothered with other people, which is really funny if you go into the priesthood, right? Right. And that is what leads to uh, pedophilia, R- yeah, rape, yeah. stealing, um, manipulating people, yeah. you know what I mean? Like all the things that the Catholic priesthood is known for. Yeah. And not just the Catholic priesthood, but that's what you and I grew up in, so we're, yeah. we're very familiar with it.
1: Yeah. So I just started following the string. What is it about me that's unacceptable? Mm Am I, am I so blind? Am I, am I blind to the fact that I'm actually a very unpleasant human being Mm. and I'm a rejected human being? Uh, you know, and then I started finding evidence for all of that. Right. Of course. Well, especially at 3am and here I am at the age of 55 and it's too, it feels too late to make any Mm. changes to be a pleasant human being, to be acceptable. And then yeah, you know, and then when I went to the charismatic evangelical, it became very clear to me. At three in the morning, I was accepted, and only to the point of that I was producing work for yeah, them, right? And so there was, you know, no. So yeah, so it was just. And then how have I treated people that way mm-hmm. as well? Uh, uh, disinterest and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so yeah, and then how does that, you know, a, a priest when you're a child, uh, any kind of religious authority is. Going to be your image of what God is to mm-hmm. you, your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So this God is disinterested in me. Uh, I don't really exist. It's not a, uh, an issue of whether God exists. So I don't even exist to this God. Right? <laughs> right? So yeah, So yeah. that. And so that's how it. You know. And then I finally fell asleep.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> well, and and got a Fitbit score of
0: seventy-two. The th- <laughs> the thing with the evangelical church. Don't you suspect that that would be more of a, a Western society thing? Like, I feel like every con or not every context, but most contexts in Western society, you're only as valuable as what you can yeah, produce. it seems that way. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so, like, I, I'm just reeling through all the con, right? Like as a student, as someone in the Navy, as someone, you know, a student again yeah, and being in the workforce for whatever, 10 to 15 years, no one really gives a shit in those contexts, unless you can produce something, you produce, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I think about, um, well, I'm not going to say any names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not fair, but, um, I can think of multiple professional situations that I've been in and in each of those contexts, however far removed I am from them. Um, except for my personal my my professional context right now is different because I've modeled it different the people I do work for I fucking I care about deeply and I know they give a shit about me deeply right like most of the people I work for were friends yeah before I did work with them i mean even the our relationship with publishing the books right, right like right. we were we were friends long before and and in my estimation the book thing goes away or even the podcast thing goes away. We'll continue yeah. to be friend- Our friendship will continue on, which is the same with my professional one. But my, my bigger point is all those people that I had work relationships, I can think of like one person from each context that has since stayed friends. <sighs> you know what I mean? And that I could, I feel like I could pick up the phone right now and just start, start shooting the shit with, you know what I mean? Yeah. In like a, in a friendly way and not, not in a, um, not where it's like that that stereotypical networking. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, how are you doing? You know what All I mean? Right. It's like a legit just conversation. you a cold <laughs> call here. <laughs> you guys hiring? You looking for a bookkeeper? <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's just and you know, and then by the next day again when daylight comes, things look different and
0: uh well, too and or for me when I get some sleep under my belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
1: it's kind of like the proverbial story of uh uh the man shut in a a room a dark room all night and there's a coiled snake in the room and he's mm. terrified of the snake and then when the daylight comes, the snake is actually a rope that's mm. just been sitting there the whole time and um and so then I realized, yeah, so I looked it up and so this priest retired just like two years after these events of my
0: childhood. Oh, so he was just checked out. He was checked
1: out <laughs> And then I saw him again in 1991 at my grandmother's funeral and I remember he had these metal arch braces on his neck he was in extreme pain you know it's like, like
0: some kind of neck surgery type thing Yeah exactly oh. he was in
1: a lot of pain and he was already retired and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and so I realized he's just really old. Yeah. The poor guy was in physical pain. Yeah. And, uh, it had nothing to do with me.
0: Well, uh, well, and well, and, and I then mean, I
1: realized the guy was probably born in 1915. How is he supposed to relate to some kid who was yeah, born in crazy. 1968, that's uh, funny, yeah. listening, to, watching MTV uh, and getting spiritual counsel from you know Michael Jackson? Uh well, and, and you only a bad example. And <laughs> their
0: only word of wisdom is don't walk in between people. That's probably about as much as you two could have related to each other. Probably.
1: <laughs> and don't spill the wine. Yeah, yeah. Don't
0: don't fuck up Eucharist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which I was good at.
0: <clears throat> my well, my favorite thing was folding the fucking oh, was so cloth bad, yeah. so you didn't spill any of the bread. Well, not bread, flesh. Yes. Um well yeah, so that's interesting. How you're able to then give yourself more context. Yeah. And, you know yeah, what I Within mean? 24 hours. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that's kind of the light, right? That's that transformational power of, of fire. And, well,
0: I was uh, going to say it's light and fire because yeah. it burned away. All those crazy ideas you had, yeah. which at three o'clock didn't seem crazy, right? They seemed yeah, extremely somehow logical. Yeah, I'm a cursed human being. Mm-hmm.
1: There's some sort of external forces or maybe I'm just internally just so evil. Mm-hmm. That I don't even, I'm blind to my own evil. And if I was blind to my own evil doesn't that make me not as evil?
0: <laughs> well, and if you were blind to your evil, you wouldn't be thinking about it at 3 AM. You'd be sleeping soundly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: yeah. And then just worried that my heart rate, you know, get it down to right. back to the sixties.
0: Well, and th- and so that, uh, that kind of leads, um, that's actually a really good story that for the next question I was thinking about, but you know, but I always, this is basically an ongoing question I ask you, but, um, so for, you know, I, I sort of prefaced the beginning of this podcast with the importance of fire, with the importance of chaos, the importance of turbulence in the sense mm, of yeah, yeah. embracing the transformation, right? Not yeah. chaos just for the, not not the uh, the movie uh, or the Joker in the movie doing chaos just for chaos, right? Right. But embracing it in a way, because you can embrace it and... Uh, what's the word? Control the outcome, right? So yeah, or the if, if to it. If you're trying to do transformation and your thought process is, I'll quote unquote embrace this fire and then I'll be in transformed to this. It's not how it works, Yeah. right? You embrace the fire um, and a transformation occurs and you come out, at least this has been my experience, you come out in a way that you never would have imagined would yeah. have been the outcome right that's that's the cha- chaotic part of fire yeah the the chaotic part of chaos right but there is a transformation involved or included yeah. and so you know for those listening to this and and you know maybe rolled their eyes at the beginning of the podcast of like oh great you know what i mean um what would you point to or or um or maybe a better question is how have you embraced this transformational fire in your life, um, even when it seemed yeah. uh, illogical, it seemed crazy, it seemed uh, countercultural, but not in the cool way. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Not yeah. in the cool punk way. Yeah. <laughs> More in the the shitty getting punched in the face way. Yeah. Um, how how have though? How has that type of thing been for you as you've stumbled through through life? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I hate it
1: just like anyone else. Yeah, I think the temptation, though, as a just listening to people's stories as a pastor for and as a friend, mm-hmm. the 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 common temptation seems to be uh, after the fire of a uh, life fire, mm-hmm. you know, after a tragedy, after a set of s- shitty circumstances, whether they were, and it's always a mix, right? It's your shitty circumstances, yes, they might be. They're not all your choice, yeah. but they are your choice, and some of it's external things, and mm-hmm. it's all a mixture, and and it all leads to bewilderment and confusion, mm-hmm. and uh, what does it mean to be a human being today? Yeah, yeah, Uh But so you're so the common temptation is to how can I get back? How can I get mm-hmm. my life back to where it was mm-hmm. before all this fire?
0: Yeah, before the fire, yeah.
1: and 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 it's very hard. It used to be really hard. To, well, it still is. To break them, the you know that right. news to them and say yeah. it's it's not going to those trees that burned in the forest are never coming back, yeah. but new trees are yeah. coming.
0: Trees might come, but, but th- it's not, not going to be gonna the trees be, that yeah. were there. Yeah, that
1: one bird that you, you know, were attached to is gone. Yeah, uh, yeah. That forest will never be exactly the way that it was, and it's not supposed to be. So embrace. That's the embrace point where you have to, to, to look for new growth in the ashes. Uh, and yeah, and that new growth is not—you can't go back in time, and it's. Well, and that's
0: a and beautiful thing. And you don't want thing. to
1: anyway. It wasn't that great anyway.
0: Well, you only think you want to, right? Yeah, exactly. In that moment, because it's familiar to you, yeah. and, and familiar is comforting. Uh, but that—that's one of the beautiful things in in uh, recovery—is exactly. It's like, oh, once I get my wife back, and once I either secure a new job yeah. or fix things at my current yeah. job, you know what I mean? So they, they line up all these, you know, they, they see the forest of what it looked like before yeah. they burnt shit down. And then they're like, well, well, just when I put, you know, and it's like going to Lowe's and buying two by fours and being like, well, I'll build the trees out of this. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, well, it's the same material, but <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get it there. Nor, uh, nor will it bring happiness. Yeah. Even if you could recreate it, it's not going to bring happiness. Exactly. Um, yeah. And
1: and and I might be wrong on this, but I think someone, if if they're in the, I mean, New Mexico is an agricultural kind of state, <laughs> you know. But from my For understanding, sure. the New Mexico locust, I could be totally wrong on this. So somebody look it up on Wikipedia or something.
0: Someone Google. But from
1: it, what maybe. I understand about the New Mexico locust tree, that it was actually genetically engineered mm. uh, to to be a, a fast reforesting tree. Mm. And so there are things you can do, in other mm-hmm. words, that mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, instead of just sit in the ashes, you yeah, know. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this tree, and we have them here. They just take over here in the desert. They're mm-hmm. drought, they're they're drought proof uh, or, you know, drought resistant. Uh, they grow, they sprout. One tree will sprout a dozen and, and they can be a real pain in the ass. Well, you know?
0: not only that, but they have these real vicious thorns on them. Yeah, to keep... So you can't be eating them if you're a rabbit or... Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, and then they wildlife. lose the thorns. Right, they, once go, they, they just disappear. So it's an amazing... It's got to be... I, I got to be right on this, that it was genetically engineered to be a tree that quickly repopulates a forest area. And, and, they're, and they're beautiful mm-hmm. trees. Yeah. Uh, and so they got the whole package. And so there are things you can do, mm-hmm. which would be contemplative practices. Uh, hey, you know, somebody hey ought to yo. do a podcast on that.
0: Silence. Uh, Silence and service. <laughs> somebody ought baby. to write a
1: book on that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, uh, yeah, to repopulate that. But so, yeah, so part of the process is is letting go of uh, that temptation to put your energy into I got to get the past back, mm-hmm. I got to get this back. So, so that, that's part of it.
0: When I think too, at least for me, when these, uh, sort of, uh, fires or chaos have occurred in my life, one of the things, and this, it hasn't always been this way, but one of the things I enjoy embracing is sort of the, um, I think you and I have talked about it, but sort of the, the yard cell aspect yeah, of, yeah. of, okay, my life before this thing before I embraced this fire, consisted of, you know, A through Z, right? 26 different things. Yeah. Well, I really loved 10 of those things. And so how do I integrate those into my new yeah. life? Um, 10 of those things I hated. Right. So thank God the fire came and, and burnt those off. Um, and then whatever else is left, maybe I didn't like them or lo- or maybe I didn't love them, but they seemed useful in my life. Yeah. And so how can I integrate them in a new way um where either I do love them or they they add to my life in such a way that it it helps with the next stumble. Yeah. It helps with the next fire. Um or maybe it's not even helpful to me. You know, that's one of the beautiful things. Um I you know, I know you've experienced it um through the the autumn car that you've cultivated in your life but things that you've enc- encountered, right? Yeah. Um that you encounter someone that now is going through it, you know, like if I ever met anyone that had long stays in the hospital, I'd say I've only been in the hospital a couple of times. Talk to my friend, David. He, he has had to navigate this fucking thing multiple times. You know what I mean? And, and the same thing, you know, in the recovery world, it's like things that have seemingly ruined my life in the moment. I've been able to pull someone aside and say, Hey, I heard you talking about X, Y, and Z. I went through that. Yeah. And it's, it, it seems like the end of the world it right does. now. And it is, and you're going to be able to walk through it. And, yeah. and, and, and then I just tell my story, right. It's not even like trying to fix, like not even trying to be like, this is how I navigated it. So this is how you should navigate it. That's yeah. not how it works, but saying, this is what happened to me. Uh, these were the circumstances. Uh, and this is what it looks like now. Yeah. You know what I mean? and And it might be helpful to them and it might not be. And it's, it's even one of those things where six months down the line, a year down the line, someone will call you and say, Hey, remember that conversation we had about this? Can we talk about that again? You know, because now they're in the space where they are able to yeah, talk about exactly. it. Cause they're not in the middle of it. And so um those are things that have you would never know as you are in the fire. Or, coming out of it, that it could be helpful to someone else. Yeah. But those are things, you know, just from conversations you and I have had that we've both experienced helping someone else in a way that for all intents and purposes doesn't, we don't get any benefit out of it. Right. Right. It's just a matter that we survived whatever it was and we get to hand that over to the next person. Yeah. Um, And it might just be one person. Right. But it's still, it's still something to, um, or it's still something that I have found to embrace it that, that, um, has been meaningful. Yeah. In interactions.
1: And the, yeah, and it, and there's social pressure behind it. You know, when I got a when I re, uh, was recovering from triple bypass surgery, there was this people had expectations on me, uh, that I I would be better. You know. Mm. And so I, you know, I was. Volunteering with a couple of organizations and
0: oh, I see what you mean.
1: Supervisors, I had to tell one of my supervisors. You know, she she asked, you know, well, when do you think you're going to be better? (laughs) When are you going to clock in? (laughs) They fixed your heart, so you should be. You're not the hospital anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and I had to tell her, look, I I," and you know, and it was more of admitting it to myself.
0: Well, that's that's the hardest part. Yeah, exactly. That's the first part of it.
1: And I told her, I think this is. I I told her the energy levels that I have now are much lower than they were. Mm-hmm. And I think this is as good as it's going to get for me. And I, and I had to tell, I, I'm sorry, I don't have the energy anymore mm-hmm. to do that. And in the church world too, you know, uh, I get emails all the time, you know, uh, strengthen your leadership team, you know, that kind <laughs> of stuff. And,
0: um, well within, I don't, hopefully we can edit this out if you don't want to there. but I, I think even at one point you did sort of try to dabble back in with one of the, groups and you were making phone calls yeah, or something yeah. And, and you did try to push yourself a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And that was fine. Yeah. That was, I could make phone calls and it was still during the pandemic too. Oh, way. I forgot about that. that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 after the pandemic, I had to make a kind of a decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do uh podcasting and I'm going to write books, mm-hmm. do some small meetings and that's what I can do Yeah, now. Um, and so... Yeah. So there's, so those, those kind of pressure, you know, and there's also a story in the, uh, in the, uh, I think it's in numbers in the, in the Moses tradition. Uh, you know, the, the, the children of Israel are wandering in the desert for 40 years. That's mm-hmm. the story. And, and Moses leading them and the, the fire, the Shekinah fire uh, by night and the cloud by day leading mm-hmm. them right, and right all right. that. Well, there's a, there's a scene where, uh, you know they piss god off <laughs> this is a great god in this, in this and so they all start getting killed by uh poisonous snakes they come into the camp and yeah, they of start dying and that kind of thing and god does this yeah. by the way so it's very difficult to to reconcile those it's almost like uh god was a psychopath and then jesus came
0: and, and he's he's chill now <laughs> jesus was
1: uh what's the drug uh, that mellows you out uh
0: Beside, uh, while Zoloft, I think, yeah. is one of them. Jesus was the Zoloth for the Father,
1: you know, kind of thing. So I don't know how you reconcile those kinds of things. But anyway, that's uh, another topic. Yeah. And so, so to save them, so God starts destroying them, and then gives the
0: the antidote. <laughs> the antidote. Uh, it's so Here's bizarre. Moses. Uh,
1: I don't know if they thought these stories all the way through back. <laughs> and so, so he raises up a a bronze serpent in the wilderness. Uh, on a pole. Mm. So they, they make a bronze serpent, which is also against what they were supposed to do. Yeah. (laughs) So they lift it up. And if anybody looked at this bronze serpent, they were healed. Mm. So then you fast forward hundreds and hundreds centuries later. um, I believe it was the King uh, Hezekiah is, is enacting reforms and he cleans out the temple. Uh, I guess it would have been the temple of Solomon. Uh, Cleans it out. uh, And they, And it turns out they were worshiping this bronze serpent in the temple. And so he destroys it. And so you could see how we hold on. You know, it's more of a story about that, how we Uh things that worked for us in the past, things that brought us salvation in the past. We, we tend to hold on to and collect and try to, uh, you know, and you can, and you can almost hear the resistance, you know, when he tried to destroy, Hey, we wouldn't even be here right now. If it weren't for that serpent, look at you destroy, you know, destroying that, you know, and that, that comes with patriotism that comes with things that we don't even question Yeah. in our, in our society. Uh, you know, um,
0: and so, yeah. Well, and that's, and it's amazing thing because it, there is, it kind of goes back to that, like, you know, all the decisions I made that got me here today of like, um, the difference between cause some of the stuff we do need to integrate, right? Some of the things from our past we do need to integrate yeah, and continue using. You know what I mean? But then there are some things that we need to to destroy and, and uh you know pass along or yeah. or rid out. And it it's um that I think that's part of uh it that's a a I think that's a bad way to say it. So you might you might be able to reword it for me, but sort of the the important and the hard work of spiritual of the spiritual life is to be able to be honest with yourself about those things. Yeah. You know, am I holding on to this thing for nostalgia stakes? Am I holding yeah. on to this thing because it is actually uh something important that I uh need to integrate? Maybe it needs to look a little bit different in my yeah. life today. Um, or is it something I really truly need to hold on and continue doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's um Or it
1: becomes something different completely. Mm-hmm. So then yeah, so then there probably so then the stance was probably that bronze serpent was an idol, it was good, we mm-hmm. destroyed it. We should never even think of it again. Uh, and then fast forward another couple centuries and then there's a uh, first century Palestinian Jew named Jesus of Nazareth who tells Nicodemus in John in the Gospel of John says, "Just as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness, mm-hmm. so the Son of God will be lifted up." Uh, and he said this saying, the kind of death.
0: Mm-hmm. He would
1: glorify God with, so it becomes com- something completely different. You know, mm-hmm. first it's a salvation, some sort of magic, you know, black magic yeah. fuckery, of some sort and that then, worked, right? That worked. <laughs> then it becomes an idol for many centuries. Then it becomes a rejected symbol and destroyed, and then it gets reimagined mm-hmm. uh, by a, a first century, uh, you know, heretic Jewish teacher, mm-hmm. so to speak, and so that's kind of how the spiritual life works, yeah. isn't it?
0: No. Yeah. The spiritual life and just life. Yeah. And life. You know what yeah. I mean? And just the ebb, ebb and flow and sort of the sine wave, if you will, of, of, of things that, that come and go and, um, some good, some bad and something yeah. different, but it's, it's, it's all part of this, uh, human experience. And, and I think that's what makes, makes it so difficult, right? Our, our brains love the black and white stuff, right? Good, right. bad you know evil over you know this versus that and and you know and it we're kind of poking fun last episode about this sports analogy of picking sides and stuff but for the human brain it's comforting yeah because you got your side and and this is we are this is our team and it's like um unfortunately there's there's an infinite shades of gray that that are actually out there and and, yeah. and that's the uncomfortable part wading into that and um Finding, finding a way to, um, to navigate that. Yeah, you know? exactly. It goes, goes to what you're saying of like these things reimagining themselves over time. And, and it's funny too, cause the example you gave was over generations. Yeah. Right. It wasn't even over one person's lifetime. No. It was over gener- generational things that had to be healed, um, yeah. which is, you know, which is a whole nother, whole nother story in itself. Um, we still got a little bit of time, so I don't know if there's anything uh, on your heart or mind, you know, around this this fire, um, around uh, the different traditions and how they look at it around the the you know the divine light, yeah, um, that you'd like to add as we as we come towards the end.
1: Uh, I mean, just thinking back on the the house fire. Um it was kind of the ending of my, the first uh half of my life in in a lot of ways, or at least a precursor mm-hmm. to it, you know. Um, you know, Richard Rohr talks a lot about the first half of life. Uh I I think he's he's taking it from Carl Jung. You spend the first half of your life building an identity and then the second half of your life is surrendering that identity and mm-hmm. seeing it disintegrated and um and and so yeah, my older brother had kind of moved off to Austin. I didn't want to be there anymore at the house uh you know because of the, the situation with my younger brother and, mm-hmm. um, and then he accidentally burns the house down um and I was just talking to my mom about it uh recently, and she was you know remembering and she's she said, uh, all, all they really cared about was because my brother was embarrassed and ashamed, and so he disappeared for a couple of days. Oh, because they, he had burned it down. Yeah.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. so
1: she, that's all she cared about was, you know, where is he, you know, he's going to, you know, it's okay. We're not, right, we're right, not right, angry right. You can at jump, him. Yeah, you can come <laughs> out. And they weren't. And so, that, so for me, if I turn it into a, a spiritual par- parable, if you will, uh, my parents being the heart of God, my mom being the heart of God. Uh, the the story, the 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 point of the story was not that the holy man's, the holy boy's, the good son's room was spared. Oh right, right, right. That's not the point of it. Yeah. It was the son, the lost son, mm. was the point. Mm. And so, you know, and 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 within. My brother would be dead in about two years after that, mm. you know, and, and I remember she, I think I've mentioned this before, you know, my mom,
0: uh, she knew
1: he was going to die the day before, the yep. day of. and.
0: I mean, I don't know if you've she, shared it on the podcast, but you've definitely uh, shared yeah. it with me.
1: Yeah, so she was inconsolable at work. They had to actually send her home. She was one of those people that never took a day off mm-hmm. and they sent her home and she knew he was going to die and he did right before midnight that night. And uh, I don't ha- have any explanation to all that, Yeah. but this, these are the fires, right? That was the, you know, and that rock wall that his car went through is my childhood. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was our family life mm-hmm. in childhood. It was mm-hmm. the end of it. It's the end of that innocence. Um, and so you don't, you know, you you don't go back to, you can't go back. Yeah. yeah in other words, this is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. There's no going back. Uh, you know, to, uh, more peaceful times and, uh, that kind of thing. And now, you know, and now I'm dealing with my, my mom and her, her long-term memory's Okay. But her short-term memories mm. failing. And right. so that's, it's just, yeah. Seeing it all slip away like that is, it's a transformational thing, but it's extremely painful, you know? Yeah. So.
0: And And I think the one important thing I would, I would point out with that idea of trying to get, trying to go back, is when you're so focused on that going back yeah you're losing you're just losing more time yeah right? exactly right and, and so mourning what is lost embracing the grief of what is lost yeah acknowledging um it. yeah uh for lack of a better word integrating that loss into your life yeah, yeah and um and for everyone that that looks different right there's no one size fits all but yeah and then bringing it to whatever, whatever that new thing is, whatever that different thing is, yeah. whatever that thing is today, um, allows you to continue on instead of being so, you know, it's, it's, it's the uncle Rico syndrome, right. From Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. where he's so focused on his high school football playing career, that the rest of his life yeah. has just gone by him. Um, you know, and I think at least, you know, that's one of the things, at least the time I've known you that you, you know, As things happen, you're able to, um, integrate whatever that is into your life. And just, uh, and not, not to say that it's easy. That's the other thing. Some people try to make it look easy or think that it's easy for other people. And it's, it's, it's hard for everybody. Um, but it's just, it's just different for everybody too.
1: And that, you know, and that's, I just read, uh, maybe we could do a podcast on that, uh, a passage from, uh. A lecture from uh Howard Thurman and and he basically uh says the mystic is no friend to the institutional church. Mm. And because the mystic will always call out their worship mm-hmm. as a dead form, as as a as just a it's empty the, it's the bronze
0: snake. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and and so the mystic will always be at odds with the that's kind of his theme. Mm-hmm. Uh and and the mystic will also call out the the most painful thing when you, when you call out their worship mm. as being empty, uh, that's, that'll get you killed. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, mm-hmm. and so, uh, and, you know, so I don't mean to sound cynical here, but the institutional church, and it doesn't matter what strike right. it is, institutional religion.
0: And even beyond the Abrahamic yeah, traditions exactly. too. Uh,
1: and even in secular mm-hmm. context, um,
0: Unless it's the Star Wars religion. They're, yeah. they're correct. <laughs>
1: they, they depend, the institution depends on you as the individual as having the Uncle Rico syndrome yeah. spiritually. Yeah. They want to keep you yeah. in that. Uh, and it's not like they're, it's, it's diabolical in the sense no, that yeah. they're like, it's just because they get power from that. You know, and As long as you stay in the Uncle Rico. Yeah, you know,
0: power and uh, financial gain. Yeah, are both built into that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so
1: you have to be aware of that, and you know, by breaking out of the Uncle Rico syndrome, mm. and and
0: and if you if you think you don't have Uncle Rico syndrome, you definitely do have Uncle Rico. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, <laughs> yeah, every yeah. everybody does. Yeah, it's just I, a matter of of noticing where in your life yeah you're holding on to those things, and it kind of goes back to that idea of like reviewing your life, examining yeah. your life,
1: and you have to choose to be a mystic. I think I, I agree with Carl Rahner, who said the 21st century will be uh will be spiritual and and mystical or it won't be at all. Mm. And so, you know, that's a pretty bold statement yeah. from a theologian and sure. so so yeah, choose to be a mystic rather than accepted by the 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 safe the safety of mm. institutional religion. And you could do both. A lot of, of people stride the yeah. you know, uh you know, they, they stride it pretty well. You know, um, I think, uh, I mean, I know specific people that are more reformers and I know people who are more revolutionary. They're outside. Mm-hmm. It needs both.
0: Yeah. You know, so beautiful, man. I think that's it. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Um, thank you all for tuning in once again, desert rain community radio. Uh, thank you to Jacob Nedia. That's what you hear in the background. Thank you to Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Um, DreamWalkerWay.com for David's um, book. And when this is released, our audiobook should be up on Audible. Uh, Dream Walkerway, or excuse me, um, Desolate Beauty, the Book of Light and Shadow. You can find it there. You can find uh, Kindle version as well on Amazon. And am I missing anything? that's it the ruin.com to learn more about uh desert rain community and that's a wrap and let's get into it (laughs)